Homestyle Green, episode 109. How do you create a spectacular home and have fun in the process? G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast all about inspiring people to make a better place to live. And this week on the show, I have Marnie Ausler, who I found an extraordinarily inspiring person. It was fantastic speaking with Marnie. Um, Before I get into uh, that discussion, I want to say a quick thanks to ProClimber, who are our fantastic sponsors and would make this uh, show a lot trickier to produce and bring to you each week without their support. And uh, more importantly, though, if you are after a high-performance home and you're looking for some good products to create an airtight and energy-efficient home, then do check out ProClimber. You can find them here in New Zealand, proclimber.co.nz, or in Australia, proclimber.com.au, or indeed worldwide at uh, proclimber.com. Now, the thing that attracted me to Marnie was the fact that she was the person behind the first LEED certified home in Delaware. And uh, I thought it would be a great opportunity to continue our journey around the states of America to find the best and uh, most successful designers and builders around the country who are in that green space. But beyond that, I learned a whole bunch about Marnie's success just as a as a builder and as a as a business person and this is something that I'm pretty passionate about for for those that have listened to some previous episodes I believe quite strongly that our ability as building professionals to run a good business uh, will impact our ability to help people create better houses and better places to live and Marnie is a fantastic example of that. She took out Entrepreneur of the Year in 2013. She's got uh, from Duke University uh, School of Business an, an MBA. And she is the national spokesperson for 84 Lumber's We Build America campaign. Um, she's been in Professional Builder Magazine's 40 Under 40 and the list of accolades go on and on for this young and very successful builder and entrepreneur. So I hope you enjoy this and uh, find something useful from it. I started out by asking Marnie what the weather was like at Bethany Beach, Delaware. Oh, well, thank you, Matthew. Thanks for having me. Um, The weather is about 60 degrees where I am in Delaware, in Bethany Beach, Delaware, and rainy. (laughs) it is warm though it has been very cold so we've had one of the coldest winters that i ever remember how cold is very cold at the beach it it got down to um it was below freezing for quite a while so i'd say for a couple weeks it would hover around freezing but then it got i think it was about three degrees uh fahrenheit uh was the lowest that i I remember seeing on my phone but we always get the feel like temperature which includes the wind chill yeah, and yeah. It's, it was pretty, you know, it was negative 7, negative uh, 15, negative 20 degrees. Wow. Which is wow. very cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, now, um, you are very well established um, in your business now, but tell us a, a little bit how you got there. What's your lead up into being the 
successful designer and, and running your own company that you've got now. How did you get there? Oh, well, um, I, I have a, an interesting sort of trajectory into this uh, career. I start, I grew up in the business of home building. My father is a builder. My grandfather was a builder. My great-grandfather and my great-great-grandfather were all builders. Um, wow, so that also, makes you fifth generation? Fifth generation, yeah. So um, in different sides, maternal and paternal. So it wasn't a straight lineage. But um, yeah, I guess through that, you know, I've developed a, a true passion for the industry, um, home building, design. Um, and I grew up in the field working for my dad as a laborer. I worked with my, um, my, my little brother and we were literally, my father would drop us off at the front of a neighborhood. He was a developer. So he would build, um, communities uh-huh. and room and a list. And we'd have to just sweep out houses and check items off the list. Um, so I grew up eating lunch off of an upside down drywall bucket nice. <laughs> and saw, you know, all aspects of, um, the field work mm-hmm. in uh, I was laying, you know, tying rebar together for concrete, you know, foundations as, you know, a nine-year-old. And uh, through high school, you know, I'd work for my dad in the field for extra money uh, in the summers. So um, after college, I moved to the beach and started working in real estate and became fascinated with the real estate market um, at the beach. I'd never been in an ocean side home or an ocean front home. And just became enamored with it and said, you know, I want to, I want to do this one day. I want to, I want to build houses <laughs> at the beach. And I ended up um, buying a small house, sa- saving up a lot of money. I ate peanut butter sandwiches for two years straight. And <laughs> I still eat them every day too. <laughs> but um, I saved up money and, and bought a house. I studied the market. So I was studying the real estate trends and figured out where I should buy to, to capitalize on that investment and bought a house and, and uh, used all of my money, all the money I saved up for this down payment and um, literally would max out credit cards at local, you know, stores to, to, you know, buy materials to fix this house up. And I did, and it turned out really, really neat. And I sold it and made, made a good um, profit on that and bought a lot and built a house, um, still working in real estate. So still understanding the trends in the market. Mm. And then, um, and that's how I got started. Then, you know, people saw my house and said, you know, this is really neat. It's different than what other people are doing and asked if I wanted to, you know, build them a house. And, um, so actually that's, it sounds like it was easy, but then I said, no, (laughs) (laughs) I had a job. I, I wasn't comfortable going into this industry on my own like that. And, um, I was working in real estate and the market was still good. And so I turned it down. And then, um, a couple years later, the market turned and that couple never built a house. So I, um, I called them and said, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to have to move back to Washington DC because, you know, the market's turning and I'm, I'm not going to be able to continue in sales here. Um, you know, would you consider having me build your house? And they said, well, no, I, we, we think we already found a builder. And I said, well, how about you just give me a shot and let me bid on it. And I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> I've never bid on a house. You know, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. And so they said, okay, you know, you can bid on our house. And I said, let, let me show you my new house. And since then I had sold the, the second house I'd built for myself and built a new one. And yeah. I loved that. I loved it. And I ended up, um, 
showing them my house and working with them on the price and the numbers. And, and um, I got the job. So I started a company uh, building custom homes. And, and then it was um, referrals and uh, some things like that. So I, I ended up putting my house on the market to pick up business so people would see my house and see the, the unique designs and, and some things I was doing and uh, picked up business. And then I met a couple that wanted to build a, uh, a like a green home. And, you know, at the time, this was 2008, and that was before uh, there was a lot of the, the energy codes mandated that they are now and yep. things like that. And I didn't really even know what that meant. <laughs> so I, I said, yeah, let's do it. Let's build a, let's build a lead certified home. And it right. came to came to be one of the first in the country. It was the first in the state of Delaware. Is that really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it, yeah. So it's been um, definitely a little bit of an unconventional path. And I think as an entrepreneur, it'll, it'll most likely stay that way. So I, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that know. entrepreneurial streak definitely shines through there. A couple of things that jump out, obviously, uh, through your experience you've been exceptional in that you've been a young female succeeding in the in a very male dominated uh world of of home building um we can come back to that because i don't don't really want to focus on that because um what i i am interested in though is the sales background and you were obviously successful in that real estate uh industry what why did you not stay on that path i I I didn't love um, sales. I didn't love being in selling real estate, but I loved the market. I loved studying the trends. Uh So I would literally come home. This was before um, the the MLS data. So the multiple listing data was online. And I would literally come home every evening and download the data and make spreadsheets and do all these correlations and regression analysis and figure out, you know, why people are, are buying where they're buying and how much value does a bedroom bring to a house? And, wow. And, and I was just enamored by it and I could track it and it would start, you know, I could start seeing all these different correlations and, you know, I just became, you know, so I guess attracted to that part of it uh, with more of the analysis part of, of the industry. And then combining that with the creative part of building was so valuable for me because I could really provide advice to to people that were interested in having built them a home in terms of, Oh, you know, if you, if you had a half bath here or maybe do a powder room, you know, resale values would show that this would, you know, could increase your value by X amount. And I could really understand and get into the mind of the, of the consumer or the client in, all right, how can this benefit them down the road rather than, um, so I think, I think that that was really to an, an advantage of mine, knowing the market, knowing what areas I wanted to build in. And then I would also do um, zip code analysis to figure out where these these potential prospects of mine were coming from. So in, when I was in sales, I would I would see, you know, OK, there's a certain percentage from a certain county in Maryland and a certain county in 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 Virginia bordering Washington, D.C., that's my target market. And I could start to really hone in on that. And that, that was really kind of set me apart, um, I think, from, the, from a traditional builder that I really understood the buyer and the, the client. I don't think there are too many builders that do regressional analysis. Right. <laughs> so, so you knew your numbers. By, by the way, how much value does an extra bedroom add to a house? I don't know anymore. Um, but at the, at the time, I had it down. 
because it was something definitely that I that I needed to know when I was selling homes because it was three versus four versus five. Yeah, um, you know, a three bedroom house could be a couple hundred thousand dollars less than a five bedroom. You know, be in terms of rental income, so you're you're always kind of looking for for people buying a home. What, uh, how much can you rent it for, or how much, you know, how many people can it sleep? Because that's that drives value when you're at the beach. Is it still? Um, is, it, is it still trending that way? Because there is a movement now towards smaller homes. Do you think the size has peaked? You know, I don't. Um, and it's interesting. I've been asked that question um, a lot recently. And I think the beach market, you know, resort market, second home market is a little bit different. Yeah. In that people, we're building these homes with more bedrooms. So more bedrooms sells, I think. You know, more bedrooms is what people want because they can – invite extended family. We do two master suites where the, you know, in-laws can come and have, you know, a little private area for themselves. Yeah. We do um, With their own rooms for Exactly. Rooms for grandchildren. We're doing all these built-in bunk beds, secret passage doors. So, so I think um, the houses here aren't smaller, but we're also coming into a demographic or, you know, a group of people that are coming into a lot of wealth as they age. Right. And they do want their families to enjoy time together and mm. building a beach house allows them to do that where they can, you know, or a couple that's retiring can retire, you know, in Bethany beach, Delaware, build a, a nice home that they can live in, um, you know, the way they want, but then also accompany, you know, all of their children, the grandchildren, you know, for summers, holidays, um, and, and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah. So that makes sense. It's not necessarily the, the the a trend that reflects the overall trend because you're in a in a, a bit of a, a niche around beach houses, and that's where people want to gather lots of people together. Exactly, exactly. And it's and typically it's an investment, you know. So it's investment property. Mm, mm. So you know you would want to do um, the most you could for that return on investment. Yeah. So you know in this market, you, you know a potential if you if you're building a house. One day, you know, you kind of do have to keep in the back of your mind. You may sell it. What's going to sell? And down here, bedrooms do sell. So now you mentioned that in your story that yours was uh, designs were a bit unique, and you've you just uh, mentioned built-in bunk bunks and and secret passages. When <laughs> we're going back to your original houses, how were they different? I think. Um, so my original houses were different in the one, I think I was building in a market that was very strong and I was coming in at the tail end of that market. I started my company in 2007. So a lot of the homes prior to mine and especially in the market that I live in didn't have the detail um, and didn't have sort of the flow, I think, of how people truly live. They were built more um, for either profitability, you know, let's just build this, we can sell it and turn a profit or, um, you know, these are just going to be summer homes. So we don't need to put in, you know, all of the bells and whistles or even have the energy codes, uh, yeah. like that of a, a, a primary home. So I, the couple things I, I think I built, um, one of, of, of real high quality. I do, um, even still now we build, um, with such control measures for our quality, um, you know, we, we have uh, a lot of 
you know, we train subcontractors in the field. We bring in manufacturers to come um, make sure we're installing the products the way they should be installed. So I think from a quality standpoint, you could tell that the houses that we build at Marnie Custom Homes were of, of great quality. And then the design. So the design, a lot of detail. I like detail. So I embrace that. I embrace the changes that we make to to homes as we go when we, you know, if something doesn't doesn't feel right, you know, a hallway doesn't quite have the right flow. We can bring in a structural engineer and say, hey, can we, you know, can we modify this space because it's, it just doesn't have the right feel. Um, so those are the things I think that my houses showed with with the built-ins. We do a lot of custom custom trim and woodwork. Um, I build these secret, they look like bookcases and you push on them and it's an entire room of awesome. built-in bunk awesome. sets. Yeah, and it's like so fun. Oh, it's totally like movies and it's so fun. So it's, it's so much fun to, to do that and work with the clients and say, Hey, let's make this room like really cool for your grandchildren or let's make your bathroom like amazing because this is where you guys are going to spend time. Uh, why not put a TV, a flat screen TV right here so you can sit and, t- and watch it from the bathtub. And, oh my goodness. and yeah, so things that, um, I think thinking outside the box a little bit, but really enjoying life and why, why not? take a bubble bath and watch a movie <laughs> yeah yeah and why not build an outdoor kitchen with a with a hot tub and a pool and and make you know a, a trellis full of lights so things that are just you know a little bit outside the box but creative and um at the same time functional yep. that make you know make houses fun and, and houses should be fun people should really want to spend time in their home um can you do you have the ability to see that flow or or more importantly see if it's not going to flow when it's at drawing stage absolutely so um and that's so my company has sort of shifted from when i first started i would typically get blueprints from clients and and take a look at them and and then bid on it yep. and either get the job or not get the job so since then i've um you know, developed a, a great clientele that sends a lot of referral business to me and worked with a lot of, um, you know, people in the industry. So I don't, I don't necessarily have to do a lot of the bidding. So we do design and designing the home. I can certainly make sure the design is going to flow, uh, which eliminates the changes in the field. And then also um, really helps lay out the space. So from the blueprint stage is definitely um, where it all you know, all of the inspiration comes and then building it is where the client can actually see it happen. Yeah. Do you, do you do that design personally or do you have a team? Well, I work with um, a lot of architects. So I'm involved, you know, from the beginning with the design mm-hmm. and I either draw out, you know, just drafting the, uh, the, the floor plan, some elevations, um, depending on my schedule of how much time I have. But a lot of times what we'll do is I can take clients through several homes that I've built and they like to just pick and choose of which rooms they like. Um, so they'll pick a pantry out of one house and a great room out of another and a master bedroom out of another. And then I can really see what they like and how we can create this home for them the way they live. And then I can bring all of that, you know, to an architect and say, okay, this is, this is the vision, um, you know, and then this is what the exterior, you know, should look like. And this is how, you know, this family wants to live. And, and getting to know them from that process, is it makes it a lot easier where I don't have to necessarily be so involved with the design, but just oversee, you know, oversee it to make sure they're getting the house that, that 
they want. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I that's something I talk about a lot is is the if you're going to build is knowing about your why and what the objective is more importantly at the start than the the numbers like how many bedrooms do you need or or um yeah how how big do you want it it's more about why what's the purpose of this building and why are you building it and what are you going to use it for um so i guess having you pay attention to that and and also you mentioned that relationship as well with the clients right from the start i guess that's a, a really important part of that process absolutely and 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 that's exactly it i mean the why you know when when obviously when you're building a beach house um i typically build you know within walking distance to the beach or right on the beach ocean front yeah. or you know inside so nine times out of 10, these people want to go to the beach. So that's a big part of, you know, how we design the house. Okay. Proximity to the ocean. How do you, how do you get from the ocean to the house without tracking in tons of sand? Um, and then, you know, learning their, how their family, you know, lives and why do you want, you know, a media room or why do you want this or why do you want this? And then, when they talk about their dog and, you know, I'll say, well, let's build the dog a room. You know, we have room underneath the stairs. We can put a window in, we can put, you know, a Dutch door. We can put, um, or we can put a little grate. I mean, we've done so many neat things. Um, when, when, and, that, and all of that comes from knowing how this, the, these families live. And yeah. we've put in, put in these little gates that are hidden in the railing for, for babies. And it's like a, a baby gate at the top of a stair and you cannot even see it. And we use these these little hidden hinges, and we will we'll build the gate to look exactly like the rail. The rail. So when when it's closed, when it's cl- open, when the the rail you know is open, yep. it it matches right in, and then you close it, and it it is the coolest thing. And, and thinking of those and knowing the family and saying, oh yeah, their daughter's pregnant. Let's build this. Let's you know build this gate for them because the baby is going to be crawling all over the place and. Let's not have you know them have to worry with a gate. That's a really Those tacky thing that you then have to add on and ru- ruin the right. paint and everything. Exactly. Oh, that's so awesome. Like that. Yeah, and it makes it fun. It makes it fun for the client knowing how much we care about their house and how they live and how how we want them to be happy and about in them. it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so fun to go to go back there and see them using some of these unique you know, unique touches that we put in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's the biggest problem that you see with the the way houses are typically built? Um, I don't know that we see we don't see a lot of problems with the way they're built. There's certainly um, challenges with every home, and we build custom homes, so I think um, we always have challenges in terms of you know engineering. We have you know wind ratings that we have to meet, uh, energy codes, and you know with design there's some some challenges in in getting how do we get the design right and still meet all of the quality control standards that we need to um so there's some challenges but i think the way we operate is is we embrace all of those challenges to Mm -hmm. make the you know unique and that whole experience for the client unique um which allows us to overcome you know pretty much any any challenge that we have the yeah, you mentioned fun quite a lot. You obviously really enjoy the the whole process, which I imagine that makes the clients enjoy it as well. Adding quality and good design, they they sound 
great, and I'm sure they're things that people, other people aspire to, both designers and builders. They also sound expensive. How do you keep a lid on, um, on the budget? Right, that's a good, very good question. Um, so I have a treasurer who uh, is, you know, from a, a finance background and yep. uh, very over. They hold the purse strings. Absolutely. She. Uh, so we set the budget. I work very well with the client, and then in conjunction with the client to make sure you know we know the final number. This is what this is how much money they want to spend. Right. How it's and it's a it's a puzzle every day. Okay. How can we get you know allocate the different allowances and different you know dollars to where they're the most value to the client and that's in different places for everybody you know some people value you know their hot buttons insulation some people it's you know interior paint some people it's interior trim or it's flooring or it's the kitchen and it's so it's an ongoing puzzle but knowing the client and setting the correct expectation up front and value engineering you know prior to starting saying okay to reach your number, this is what we're going to have to do. Either eliminate, you know, typically we don't start a house with extra money to spend. Yeah. <laughs> so normally it's like, okay, how do we shave off, you know, some areas here? And then when we set those allowances and are transparent with that, we don't run into issues. So our variance is, you know, less than 1% on every house we build. Um, and the client is well aware of, of when we're over budget and when we're under budget. Do they always tell you the budget accurately at the start? I don't think so. And it doesn't <laughs> matter to me as long as we know what our goal is. Um, because a lot of times it'll go over budget and they're fine with it. Yeah. But if it does, you know, and they're not fine with it, then we have a problem. It's like, okay, yeah. why did this happen? What are we, we going to do about it? And how do we rein this back in? But, um, you know, I think everybody has – you know, their number in their mind, it, whether or not they want to share that with me or not, it doesn't matter because, you know, your furniture could, you know, I don't know what their budget is for that and their window treatments. Right. So something. you don't get hung up about that. You just kind of accept that you, that what they are, what they tell you initially may not be hundred percent true. Right. Cause it doesn't affect me. I know it's, it's true for us. So our goal is to keep it in this number. Yep. And you know, if, if, if they're okay, if it exceeds it, then that's okay. If, you know, we stay under it, then that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if someone's about to start a project, either a new build or remodeling an existing home, what are the three things that you would recommend they do? Oh, okay. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of just recommend one thing is that I think the biggest thing is to enjoy the process. I mean, it's such a privilege to be involved with building a home. And for us, you know, at Marnie Custom Homes, it, it's truly our privilege to, because it's a, you know, to, to build this home. It's a very um, intimate relationship between the builder and the client yep. in terms of, you know, they're, they're, they're spending a lot of money, you know, relative to whatever. It's always a lot of money relative yeah. to, and you, you know, we, we get into some interesting topics of, you know, how do you go to the bathroom? Where do you want your toilet paper holder? Where do you want, you know, so, so you, it, and it can be a lot of fun. Um, so our whole goal is always to, you know, where it gets to be not fun is if quality is sacrificed or the budget is, is not controlled properly. 
And that's always our goal is to make sure the budget's always controlled and the quality is always controlled. And then everything else can be, you know, fun and creative and relaxed. Um, so we control the issues that come up in the field and ensure that the house stays on schedule so the clients don't deal with that. Um, right, because they're so the I, things that cause stress, right? Because most people, if you th- as soon as you say building, renovation, people think stress. Exactly. So how do you avoid that stress becoming into the project? So I think we, we have some measures that um, we take and I take to make sure that they're not it's not that it's a fun process. It's not stressful. One of those is our budgets and the way we communicate is is transparent and it's online, so they can always access that. So they can see, you know, where the money is going and when. They can see the schedule online. Does that include they, for materials and for services and and professional exactly. services? Yep. So they can see all of it, and then they can also see the selection schedule, and then recommend all of the recommended vendors and suppliers and and things like that so that having that ability having that accessibility i think to their investment in this process that we're all entering together you know it's a mutual um you know it's, it's definitely it's like a marriage i tell people you know we need to to be honest with each other and we need to trust one another because i am building your house and you you know you have to trust that you know we're all we're all in this together and Part of it too is an obligation on their end with selections and selections are one of the biggest stressors I think for clients and and that's a process. So I do weekly conference calls with, um, with my clients and, you know, on that call we have a selection schedule. So we're always talking about, you know, you know, sort of what's on the agenda for, you know, what's going on with the house and then, what selections are outstanding and what selections are upcoming and how those selections are fitting into the budget. And right. if we have that constant communication all of the time, it's a successful process uh, because changes are, are definitely controlled. The schedule is controlled and the clients, they know what to expect when they come to visit the house and they come to see it and things like that. Is that normal to have a, a regular scheduled weekly call with a builder? I don't know that it's normal. Um, it's the way, you know, that I found to be most successful yeah. is, um, you know, always having that call. I mean, emails fly around all week. Text messages fly around all week. I'm on job sites a lot of the time, so I can't respond to emails, you know, texts and everything. Um, but knowing that we have this call, we get all caught up. Yeah, you know, and, and clearly my clients know that they can call me, you know, whenever they sure. want. But knowing sure. we have a dedicated time that we both, you know, both parties are committed to, really helps. It helps me know that they're committed to this as well. That yeah. yes, yeah. they want us to to stay on on target. They want to stay on budget, and then it it definitely helps them know that yes, we are taking care of their investment. Where should people invest the most when they're creating their home? Um, I think it it's definitely depends on um, the individual. Mm-hmm. I recommend that people invest where they find value. Yep. So, I mean, we build to the highest energy standards and the, the highest quality that we possibly can. You know, definitely the budget drives some of that. So if they find value um, – in you know energy savings and things like that then yes we need to talk about geothermal we need to talk about you know solar we need to talk about 
you know, different types of insulation, different windows, you know, if, if, if that's not where they, they, you know, find the most value, but they say, you know, say, you know, we want a pool, we want an outdoor kitchen, we want this outdoor living space for, for everybody to gather. Then, so those are some of the things I really encourage them to sit down and, and decide, you know, what is most important to you, um, you know, in building a custom home that's unique to you, unique to your family, and how to be creative um, with all of the, you know, the spaces that that we're going to put into the home. Do you ever try and not necessarily sway, but sort of guide people in that process? If if, if you can see that, you do you question people's, um, I guess, do you question people's values and their priorities sometimes? Uh, sometimes, if it. Um, you know, I guess based on, typically I get to know the clients pretty well. Um, and if it sounds like something that isn't in line with what, you know, sort of the, the path that we've been on, I certainly speak up and say, you know, I, I think this really is important to you guys. Maybe we just, just, you need to take a break and regroup, or you, you might really want to consider doing, you know, this type of siding because you're on the ocean front and maintenance is going to be a nightmare if you don't. Interesting. So you always frame it back to them and what you know about them, not necessarily your agenda. Right, right. It's never, uh, you know, my agenda. I, I certainly always want to build beautiful homes. And I think people that hire, you know, our company want that as well. Um, So that's, so it's, I, but I want it to be unique to them. And that's what keeps it exciting, you know, for me and, you know, our company that every home we build is unique to the client. And it's fun when we do things that are different. And, um, you know, we keep an open mind of, of, of some of the things that they want to do, you know, in their home. I mean, media rooms and, and, and you know, these dog these rooms. Cups- Dog rooms and, and right. secret passages. My kids, yeah, would, my so, kids would love that. It's fun. It's just a lot of fun making lemonade stands. We've made lemonade stands for kids to play. Awesome. Before. Um, you survive. You, uh, great time to start a business around two thousand and seven. Um, <laughs> yeah. How, how did that go for you? It actually went very well, um, but I didn't know any different. Yeah, so, you just you, know, you were just doing your thing, right? So now things are great, but um, <laughs> yeah. So tell us so, about those those first couple of years, two thousand eight, and was that was that hard? It was it was very hard. It was very hard, but at the same time, I knew I wasn't alone. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, I think everybody it was hit it was hit very hard in two thousand eight. So I was fortunate to be in the position I was. I built um, three houses. And I only built, I started one house in 2008. I had built three prior to that as starting my company. So I knew, you know, going from three to one wasn't, wasn't a good sign, but I knew a lot of people that weren't building any and, you know, in much more trouble than that. Yeah. I mean, people would have been shutting up shop all around you. Absolutely. And that's what was happening. So I was very fortunate to not have any, any overhead and income coming in. In, in, in the industry that I wanted to pursue. So I, um, you know, just continued to work. And then the following year, I think I built three again or four. And then since then I've continued on. So, um, so a lot of it was just, you know, it was a lot of hard work, perseverance. I mean, there was definitely days that, um, you know, I, 
you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know if I would ever survive. And then, you know, in terms of the work, I would, I, because I couldn't afford any to hire anyone. I would literally work two days in one. So I would wake up at four in the morning oh my goodness. and work 4.30 to 12 noon and take a nap, like a 15 minute nap and work from maybe 12.15, 12.30 to 8 p.m. And I would do that for months just to get two days out of one. And, and what was the rest I, of your time taken up with? Well, that was when I was building, I think I was building a couple homes at the time. This was 2009 and I was bidding. So I was doing these, you know, I was doing all the purchasing, estimating, you know, in bidding. And then I was in the field with, you know, the guys, the workers in the field, the subcontractors, vendors, suppliers. So that it was both. So I had to kind of, the only way I couldn't divide and conquer. So I just had to conquer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I would just say, you know what, from, from 4am to 8am, I can do either paperwork or I can sweep out houses. And then from eight to five, when people are out in the field, I would be there. And then from five to eight, you know, I was back to doing paperwork or, or answering emails and things. Now, so you had to hustle, you had to, uh, um, kind of be the entrepreneur and, and, and just get busy. I'm interested in what you might have brought with you from your experience as a real estate agent through to running your own business and, and doing what you do now. Were there some lessons that you learned there that, that um, are useful to what you do today? Yeah, I think so. I think um, with, with just knowing the market and how to deal with um, the clientele was very helpful. Right. And then uh, I went back to school um, in 2012, in 2011, I started to apply, applying to uh, MBA programs. So I went to um, Duke University and, and got my MBA, and it was a cross-continent MBA. And that really helped um, with my business as well. So having the fundamental knowledge of the market, the clientele, you know, understanding where, where the people are from, how do I relate to them, and how do I, you know, survive in you know this recession the recession that we were in then making it through that and then saying okay now i need to become more valuable i need to set myself apart from the competition i'm going to go get a top you know an mba from a top 10 school and and do it i'm going to really say you know what this is this is where i this is what i do and i'm you know i can run a business um and be you know sort of you know i think more in line with my clientele who are doctors, lawyers, CEOs, you know, they are all, you know, have higher education. And I think that really helped me sort of step up a, a notch in terms of, um, you know, my company and then learning, you know, the, all of the different aspects of, you know, the business school. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a really important point because so many architectural designers, architects and, and builders and tradespeople, they run their own business, but very few ever get get the chance or make the opportunity to actually go and learn business because I imagine you don't get taught business at building school. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, and, and that's what was so great is I had the fundamentals of, um, you know, I know how to build houses and I know how to work with subcontractors. I know how to, you know, but running the business in terms of, you know, the, the financials and looking at, you know, the, the P&L and looking at, you know, the balance sheet and understanding what that meant and talking with the accountants and talking, you know, through it with, with clients and getting that 
side of it. And then also just the side of um, the overall business perspective of our economy and how it's, you know, it's a global economy and it's interconnected. So traveling the world and seeing that and seeing, you know, how is the stock market going to affect the building industry, you know, and learning sort of the, how it's all, you know, interconnected was so beneficial and, and, and so helpful in me in running the business and looking towards the future of saying, okay, you know, what are we going to do at Marnie Homes? You know, are we, you know, and how do we branch out and do commercial construction or how do we branch wow. out and do, you know, different things. And, and all of that, I, I really picked up, you know, in school. How, how did you get the time to go and do an MBA when you, you had this um, growing business? It was um, very difficult. And I, I learned, again, to do a lot of work on not a lot of sleep. Um, <laughs> but it was something I wanted to do. So the brute so force I, approach. Right. right. <laughs> um, it was just something I wanted to do. I, I, and I was so dedicated to it. And I had a lot of support behind me, yep. you know, family, friends. And, and my clients were so supportive and happy for me. They, you know, and that's really what pushed me through is when I would tell the, my clients and I was building a, a big house on the bay and, you know, most of my clients are older than me. A lot of them have, you know, kids my age and I would tell them what I was doing and they just said, go do it, go to India and go see, go see that, you know, and, and you need that experience. So I think having that support is really what got me through nice. uh, knowing you know, my business wasn't going to suffer. It sounds like it, it sounds like your clients are just a, a bunch of friends. And, and that's the approach that I think, um, and I think that's the trust level. I mean, we, we don't always start out as friends because yeah. I, clearly, I don't know them, you yeah. know? but meeting them and spending the time with them. And I think when they see how much I care and we care as, you know, a company about their house and making them happy and it's not about the bottom line. It's about the passion that we have for home building is, you know, in creating these, these homes for, for people and their families. I think once people see that and see that it's genuine, like sincerity of this is, we do this because it, it's, it's fulfilling, it's gratifying. Then you develop that friendship yeah, where they can yeah. call and say, Hey, Martin, you know, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Or, you know, and I'll, tell them honestly, you know, what I think, or, you know, this, maybe you should think about this. Um, so because we do, we become friends. I mean, I love, I love my clients. I have the best clients. And I can tell, and, and I, I, the, the word fun has come up so many times. You obviously, uh, that's a big part of, of that, the experience that you, you have and that they have with you. Hey, money, there's so many things that we could, we, we haven't covered. I'd really love to, um, acknowledge also your marketing. Cause I think that's a really important part of, of business. And you've nailed that. Obviously, you're all over um, social media. You've got a great, clean website. And you mentioned that people can log into that website when they're clients and and sort of track their progress. Um, I think there's a lot of lessons that other building professionals can learn from that. And that comes back to that acknowledgement that they are running a business and, and marketing is an important part of that. Is that something that sort of came to you or did you did you learn some of that? Uh, when you were doing your MBA? Um, well, I think t- both. I think I'm naturally a a good marketer. Yeah. I grew up, like I said, for a, my dad is a builder and he is naturally good at, at marketing. And so I think the way I wanted to position myself was strategic from the beginning. 
Um, and I had thought that through of, of where I wanted to build the clients that I wanted to attract the homes that I wanted to build with the detail and in, and in the locations. Um, so I think it was always strategic from the beginning. Yeah. Um, Duke certainly helped that tremendously just with strategic marketing, doing market analysis, doing, um, yeah, I mean, market strategy was one of my favorite classes in branding and, and some things that I really started implementing right away. Um, and I work with a marketing firm out of Washington, D.C., um, where my main, the majority of my clientele is based. And that's for a reason, because they understand the clientele and they have um, sort of the, the grasp on that that the type of marketing there. Yeah, um, nice. So they helped me with the social media and, um, you know, the website, we're actually getting ready to redo the website, which will launch in May. So kind of always staying on top of it is very important to me. Yep. So people know that, yes, I do focus on marketing just as much as I focus on, you know, the budgets and the houses and the quality, yep. because it's important, I think, how you're represented to the world and being that it's so accessible, anybody can go on our website you know, it's very important for me that it shows um, that we really do take time and, and energy and focusing on that. Absolutely. Hey, what's the future for Marnie Custom Homes? It's funny. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess if you would ask me that a year ago, two years ago, I would have said the same thing. Uh -huh. um, you know, I love what I do. So we'll always build custom homes. I love Bethany Beach, Delaware. Um, and I love my clients. So I see nothing but great things for our future. We're, we're growing. So, um, moving into a new office space next month, we, um, how big is your team uh, now? Uh, well, there's, there's two of three of us total. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we have an intern coming this summer from the Pratt Institute, um, in New York city. She's coming down to learn the business and, and shadow me. So I think, um, you know, we're starting an apprenticeship program with the local community college and habitat for humanity and then we're going to work with the wounded warriors, building them home. So I think there's going to be a lot of social entrepreneurship awesome. uh, out there for us. And then, um, you know, whatever comes our way, I think, as you said before, with the entrepreneurial sort of mindset, you never know um, what opportunities are out there. And then when they are, you just take them. <laughs> so. We're going to start wrapping up, Money. If you've got a, um, a favorite book or internet resource that you'd recommend to people. Uh, favorite book. Uh, I was just given this book by my, one of my clients. It's called House Home Heart, and it's by Wharton. And that's a great, a great book. Um, a lot of photos in that book that you would wouldn't see online. Um, a lot of architectural photos. Uh, anything by Sarah Suzanka, I think, is great. She does a lot of um, home by design uh, type books. Um, and then, you know, online Howl's Pinterest. Um, I, we share a lot of photos back and forth, clients and I do, um, you know, in terms of inspiration and, and, and things that they'd like to incorporate in their house. Yeah. So, so easy to have a virtual scrapbook these days. Absolutely. And they share their, their folders with me and I can always log in when I'm on a job site or on an airplane or, or wherever I am and see what they're, what they're interested in. And, yeah. and then we just implement it in the field. Nice. Yeah. How can people find you? Uh, they can go online to um, marniehomes.com, M-A-R-N-I-E-H-O-M-E-S.com. And you are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn? From that website, you can get onto Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Howls. We have you know, big presence on Howls. Yeah. And uh, 
and then you know you can certainly email me awesome hey thank you very much for your time uh this morning money or afternoon your time thank you (laughs) it's uh it's your website is is stunning uh, in terms of the the photos and and I'll put links to that and make sure people go and check them out because they'll really get a sense of the type of work that you do and and uh, I think that quality shines through. It's hard to pick up often from a photo, but you can kind of get a sense a feel for that just from looking at those stunning images on well, thank you. on your site. Um, you know, I have a, a staff. Of- John and Diane, and it's me, John and Diane, and we work hard. Quality is important. Uh, client satisfaction is important, and we always keep that in mind. And then having fun is also important. Having fun, so. nice. All right, hey, thanks a lot, Marty. We will uh, keep in touch and keep um, an eye on your progress. Okay, thank you, Matthew. Yes, I have new pictures coming up on the website this spring. So. Yeah, yeah, we look forward to that. Good. Okay. All right. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Marnie. I thought that it was just so inspiring knowing what Marnie's able to achieve creating her own business. And a couple of things that stood out for me from that discussion was her passion for for quality, um, the vision that she has for the homes that, that she creates, but above all, the fun that she has doing what she's doing and taking people along on that journey. And I, and I get the sense that not only does uh, Marnie Custom Homes produce fantastic homes, but they have a great time doing it. And that, I imagine, keeps people coming back for more, wanting to, wanting to work with her and with her company. So uh, I hope you found that interesting. Uh, it's been, it was uh, definitely a, a pleasure speaking with Marnie. Thanks very much for tuning in and uh, we've got some more great interviews coming up so tune in again next week on Homestyle Green.